sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine podcast with Griff and Tony. Hey, what's up, everyone? Uh, Griffson the the reindeer here with you. Oh, it's me. I'm being whipped brutally and, and destroyed. My back being destroyed by my brutal elven master and podcast partner, Tony Claus. Tony, please stop harming me while I fly very quickly around the world to deliver your delightful gifts to all these uh, pissant little children. Why are you doing this? Because it makes me horny. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We, we learned that. Santa's, Santa's, Santa's horny. Well, why else would I say ho, ho, ho? I'm into a bit of like that's a good whip point. work. Okay, I take it out on animals, not into animals. Like like 364 days of the year, that, that whip being u- is used on Mrs. Claus and our elves. And the elves so, are consensual elves. Don't get me wrong. So let's go. Let's go with this. We got we got El, we got Santa. Santa's an elf. We we know that, right? But we got S and M Santa. So the pointy shoes are really more of a of a of a um like a what do, what do S and M people call that? It's like a it's something you would it's something you would derive some kind of masochistic tool or yes. something, right? Yeah. It's something something you get some sort of sadistic thing you get horny from, right? Is getting kicked with the pointy shoe in the ass, right? Yes, for sure. I, I think that's why the elves go with it. I think San, Santa enjoys that for sure. He doesn't wear the pointy shoes himself. Three, six, on, on, you know, when he comes around and makes himself shown, he's wearing the red, you know, coat. You know, he's looking relatively normal-ish for a, for a Santa-type guy. Uh, but the other 364, he's in a black, full black, like, leather um, get-up. He's got the straps. He's got the the rhinestoned beret type look. Um, he's got the uh, he's got the weaponry. He's got the safe. What's Santa's safe word? What do you think? It's something non Christmas related. Um, it's like uh, Yan Kapoor. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. That's his safe word. Is Jeffrey? Or maybe Epstein. It, maybe it is his um, corporate overlords. Maybe it is Coca Cola. Maybe that's his safe word. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, so the polar bears are over there too. They're sort of they're peering in the window, kind of getting horny off of it too. <laughs> well, the danger is a part of it for for Santa. I'm sure he and Mrs. Claus do it out in the snow, and I could imagine him in a full leather face mask. A full leather? Oh yeah, like um, oh yeah, like one of those uh, somewhere between like the le- it's the leather mask, but it's got like the um, like the the hockey mask look to it. One of those, like a. Uh, like a Michael Myers type look about him. Yep, and the, and the beard just pops out from underneath. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that's kind of getting me. This is kind of getting me horny, honestly. Um, more horny Santa content later in the show. Uh, so get excited for that. That's that's just an early preview of the of the horny Santa content that we have in our uh, very lightly organized uh, holiday special. Uh, and by lightly organized, I mean not really particularly organized other than that I have some comical holiday content for your ears. Um, Tony, I, uh, I wanted to throw it out at the top of the show like we've, like we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Uh, we've gotten our listeners talking to us a lot more. They're doing it via Discord. They're telling us all their interesting stories. We'll go over that, but I do want to shout out 
to our listeners that have not joined the discord, get in here with us, uh, make comments about the show. Tell us how we suck. Tell us that we're good. Tell us what you like. Tell us how handsome I am. Tell us how handsome Tony is. Uh, so I don't have to do it all the time. And, uh, uh, you know, just drop us a note on Instagram, send us an email, beer engine, uh, show at gmail.com. Instagram is beer engine pod and just message us say, yo, Tony, send me that invite to the discord and we will hit you up with the link. No problem. No, you don't even have to converse with us. I will just paste the link in there. You don't have to think about something nice to say to me or anything. You can just look at it and I'll paste the link in there. No problem. But uh, Tony, I did want to talk about some of the combos we were having in the discord this week. Um, one thing that I particularly enjoyed was from our friend Jay Rome posted a little beer from Maine in here. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. Uh, in our beer chat channel is a beer called Holy Donut. It is an imperial stout with donuts, dark chocolate, and peppermint from Lone Pine Brewing in Portland, Maine. So, Tony, I want you to give me your read on that beer. I don't have an alcohol percentage on the picture. I can look that up. But Holy Donut with donuts, dark chocolate, and peppermint. What are you doing with that beer? Do you like that? Does that sound nasty? What do you got? Well, first of all, looking at the picture... The design of it looks like it was designed on, on Canva. This would make a great <laughs> modern YouTube video title because that's what everybody's doing. That, <laughs> that, those exact fonts. So this, this was designed Don't bring on, up Canva. We, none of us on here are using Canva for any of our Instagram posts, just <laughs> for the record. <laughs> um, Anyways, go on. The, these pre... Uh, let, me, let me try that again. These... Bread-based beers, I'm not sure how much they're really bringing other than a bit of um, starch that is then converted into sugars. So I don't know how much of the, the sort of donut that you're actually getting out of it. Uh, dark chocolate, I'm always a fan of. But my one alarm bell, and just I've tried it in a few beers, but I've never had a good mint beer. And peppermint wouldn't be my choice of beers. I would go with a spearmint beer if I was going to choose one of the many mints. Um, peppermint, like I like the flavour, but I'm not sure whether it has any place in the beer world. It's kind of like butter of the spice world. Butter has no place in beer. I like my lactose, but butter has no place. Um, and I think there are plenty of spices that do have their place in the brewing world. I'm not sure whether... Peppermint does. And when I say spice, I also mean herb. Sure. I, I hate mint and beer. This beer did not do it for me. However, I did look up the Holy Donut series of beers. And uh, I wanted to read through some of these just so you could see. There is a lot of them from Lone Pine. So I wanted to take you through some of these and you can kind of quick fire react uh, to some of these and see which ones are your favorite here. So... Oh, we've got the dark chocolate peppermint. Uh, we've got holy donut coffee cake. Okay, now, I this like one that. has uh, coffee, Vietnamese cinnamon, vanilla, and real donuts. Now you um, I've been to this particular donut store, by the way, Tony, and they make donuts with potato flour. They are very good. Um, they don't have they don't taste like potato. They just have that sort of light potato yeast kind of texture that that I think makes it makes them pretty easy to eat. But this one sounded good. Coffee, Vietnamese, cinnamon, and that vanilla. sounds really that good. That one I'm into. How, how, how well uh, we did got, that rate? The um, the um, coffee one. So that one is rating. Yep. So coffee cake is at four point zero four. 
It's only nine percent alcohol, though, so I don't <laughs> think that's cr- I don't think that's too bad for a lower-ish alcohol imperial stout. It's probably not as thick. Now, here's one that is actually classified as sour. Uh, this one is blueberry glaze, and it's a seven and a half percent double-fruited sour ale with blueberries, smooth vanilla, and sweet lactose sugar. This one's gloop right here, Tony. I'm not a huge false blueberry flavor guy, but I have come around. There's been a couple of blueberry beers lately. One early on in the show's run that I was very disappointed from, from Deeds. It wasn't a great blueberry beer, but I've had a couple recently, and they are on point. It's something about the blueberry mixed with the lactose really works, and especially with that hint of blueberry. I had one recently that had a bit of raspberry mixed in with it. Oh, hit the spot perfectly. That is some delicious gloop. Not that gloop is ever undelicious, but like for a yep. flavour that I'm not Sometimes generally not. keen of outside of beer, I'm I'm a big fan of blueberry beers. They may become like a mini coconut obsession for me. All right, so here's here's another one. This one is a, a chocolate covered strawberry. This is another stout. This is one of the lower rated of the stouts. This one is three point nine seven. This one has um, the classic taste of Valentine's Day with uh, notes of chocolate fondue and refreshing strawberry. Um, doesn't actually say what specifically is in it on the description. Does the can say it? Yeah, donuts, strawberries, and chocolate. So strawberries and stout are not a super-duper combo to no. me, but um, no. that's fine. If I'm going to go with a red fruit, uh, it's going to be raspberries. I think they're more on point. Raspberries, they're- yeah, I agree. They have more of a brown sugar kind of compliment to me raspberries do yeah. yeah and when the yeast interacts with strawberries it's it's kind of weird they don't come out as strawberries they come out kind of just like tart but with lacking any real flavor it doesn't extract the flavor compounds for some reason now here's another sour tony this one has lemon puree vanilla and lactose it's fresh lemon glaze now oh, let me tell you a, a donut with lemon glaze is is in my wheelhouse and i swear to god the same guy has been the top check-in on all these beers <laughs> where he says something along the lines of not a huge blank fan but still good i swear <laughs> to god i've looked at the last four of these i'm not going to check and see if this is true but this motherfucker has been on here saying, nah, I don't really like lemon, but this is okay. 2.5 stars. Um, so this is that guy. He's here. But the fresh lemon glaze sounds good to me. It sounds great uh, to it's me. It's getting a 4.05. Sounds nice. It does. I'm a big fan of lemon sours in, in beers. I, of course, one of my favorite beers that I've spoken about, something super easy for me to get, is lemon meringue pie. It's a super easy drinking beer, not super high in alcohol like these. Well, you said that one was 7%, but I'm talking this one comes in at just over 4% and it is delicious. It's it's kind of what I want a Rattler to be, but a Rattler never sort of lives up to that. This is more tart. I love, love this beer and I love lemon and all the lemon components around it. I've had a lemon verbena beer, big fan of that lemon time i could see working in certain more savory spice beers um yeah lemon huge fan of anything that um is brought by the hops that's lemon ish in its component big fan this one's going to be um i think this one's going to be a somewhat controversial one this is the holy cannoli 
holy donut, holy cannoli. This one is made with fresh ginger. It's a stout uh, with fresh ginger and the holy cannoli ginger glaze potato donuts in from Portland. So this one has a lot of ginger content. Now I like ginger. I don't know what I think of a purely ginger flavored stout. I don't know what that's going to do, but I think I, I do enjoy the taste of ginger. So I think I would definitely give this a shot. It's only rated a 3.88. Again, that could be because ginger is divisive. We have quite a few ginger beers, like the English style ginger beers available in Australia. We also have some beers that have ginger flavoring in them that I enjoy. I, I don't know whether I would rave about them. The problem with ginger for me is it's such a dominating flavor, even used as a hint. It it becomes a ginger beer. It doesn't become a ginger stout. It it's ginger, and then it might be as part of a stout. Like that overriding character will always be ginger. It, yeah, exactly. And that, it's going to be very. I think it's going to be very dominant ginger flavor. But I honestly, I love ginger candies. I eat the ginger chews sometimes, like after dinner or like on an airplane to help you settle your stomach. I will. I'll get in on any ginger. Um. So you got two left. This one is the only IPA I've I've seen in the bunch. This is the Triple Berry Holy Donut Triple Berry Double IPA. This one has uh, a fruited. This is a fruited double IPA with raspberry, blueberry, strawberry, and is crafted using Triple Berry glaze potato donuts. That sounds delicious. I would. I would enjoy that. Looks good. I, I enjoy good. three point nine three point nine rating, which. It's hard to tell what that does. It's not super thick looking, but it does have the right color. So I, I would give this a go. This is what I expect it to look like for having this much fruit content. It's not opaque, though. It's, um, it's, tran- it's translucent. So I, I would say that's probably why it's not popping four <laughs> pluses here. Now, it sounds like this series, though, is kind of a not not disappointment, but just not a mega hype series. It looks like everything is is fine, but nothing is like super that that you want to go out and source. And it sounds like they're great straight down the line, yeah. well made beers, and and that's about it. I'm probably not. I'm probably not signing up for a four hundred dollar beer club to get these <laughs> beers, or maybe I am. I don't know. Now this one might change your mind, though. I, I think I'm getting in on this one. This is the the last one. This is the one checked in the most. It's the Holy Donut Dark Chocolate Toasted Coconut. Uh, this one <laughs> it was, was uh, made with over 300 of their dark chocolate toasted coconut donuts. I want that donut. More than the beer, I would like to have the donut, actually. And um, But I will also drink the beer, no problem. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, got 990 check-ins, 4.06 rating. Ten and a half percent, so you'll tie on a nice buzz with it too. Looks like a nice beer. Send it up. I would gladly drink that beer. Yeah, no, no issues with that. Probably wouldn't fight anyone or, or beat anyone up or wait in line all night for it, but I'll drink it. But if you were to miss out on that coconut beer, would you still have a coconut beer at home you could drown your sorrow with? Yeah, I think I could dig one up. Um, <laughs> but I've, I, I haven't had much trouble hunting down any coconut beers uh, this week. Um, so thank you, J-Rome, for donating that delightful content to us. Uh, appreciate that. That was fun. Another, another thing happened this week, uh, pastry bot. I, uh, we have a pastry bot channel. He, I, I did give him, give an update on him 
Tony, if you want to hit that, uh, I think he's around here somewhere. If you just want to ping him. Oh, there he is. What's up, dude? Yes. Very good. Thank you. Pastry bot. Uh, yep. He was, uh, we were, we were just sort of running his, uh, normal maintenance sort of processing his keeping his machine learning, um, sort of, uh, a data platform, data warehouse in tip top shape, started processing some of his, you know, various algorithms and such. And, uh, uh, managed to get myself uh, a little pastry stout spit out of him in, in the, in the balance. Um, this one had all the kind of features of a pastry bot, uh, uh, beer. Um, it had both just sort of an unusual, the unusual sort of mashup name along with just a, a bizarre set of ingredients. Um, this one that, that he cooked up, uh, from, was from a brewery called Wiley Roots. The beer was named that John Denver is really full of peanut butter. And it was a Rocky road Imperial stout with peanuts, marshmallows, chocolate, and milk sugar. And, uh, I gotta say, I enjoyed it. It had a pretty distinct PB2 flavor, um, but uh, it was uh, it was it was out there. Yeah. For those unfamiliar with PB2, PB2 is a dried peanut butter extract. It's probably the best way of explaining right. it. It's what ninety nine percent of brewers use to get that peanut flavor, and it. Be- can become very distinct and you know you're drinking a PB2 beer. Not that there's anything wrong with it. I think it's delicious, kind of like I think yeah, um, salted peanuts are delicious. It's, it's very distinctly peanut, but you know it is PB2. Yep. Yep, you know exactly what it is when you're drinking it. Now, um, can I say... So that was a good beer. Yep. I'm a big fan of this name, mainly because you know I'm a big fa- fan of country music, but good country music. Now, John Denver's Country Road is sort of my annoyance at middle-of-the-road 70s country music. Yes, it's musically well-crafted. You as a, a music scholar can sort of talk about that. But John Denver never went near a Rocky Mountain. Um, he was a city guy his entire life. He was smooth, way too smooth. He is everything that Waylon Jennings um, aspired not to be. Um, and not a fan of John Denver, so if he can be made fun of in a um, in a beer, I'm a big fan of that. I will say this um, one one very funny thing that I uh, when I was last in uh, the in Colorado, I, I had a great time. I spent some time in in Denver and Fort Collins and and Boulder, an amazing beer area. I mean, if you love beer, if you love nature, if you love mountains, you know. Here in Illinois, I love all of them because I can I can get beer, but I certainly can't get any mountains. <laughs> um, but I went to a Colorado Rapids game where they got two men sent off in the first thirty minutes of the game. I'll never forget that. Very funny. They have a in their soccer stadium in the in the stadium. They had a Odell draft bar with forty beers on tap. I was on my my ass was on that <laughs> real and. Uh, but especially after the first half hour, because the game was over, it was the um, it was the Rocky Mountain Derby. It was the uh, uh, Real Salt Lake in Colorado, and at half at halftime they played um, they played Country Roads, but with West Virginia replaced by Colorado, <laughs> and I was fucking dying. I thought it was so funny. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. Uh, 
That is amazing. Just, just think because, of two places that couldn't be less alike. It's very funny. <laughs> just because the singer, I don't, I'm not even sure whether John Ven, Denver's last name was actually Denver, but just because his last name was Denver, they've they've co-opted this song by the sounds of it, and the fact that they have also have hills. But yeah, and in <laughs> but, one of those, like, and Den- Denver famous for like having those sort of very high. Uh, very uh, expensive, very high class suburbs, and that's where the the soccer stadium is. Is in one of these, like, you know, not Colorado Springs, but one of these high end suburbs where everyone that's ever been on So You Think You Can Dance has trained at a dance school <laughs> in one of these Colorado yep. suburbs and is seventeen or whatever. Um, that's 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 where they're from. So nobody's probably been to Denver in five years, even though it's 10 miles away because it's dangerous or something. <laughs> but uh, it was very, very funny. Uh, had a great time at that, but it was funny. And they, they got their ass kicked too, which is funny. <laughs> um, so that was good. Our friend Tom um, did, did question if uh, the scientists of pastry, the science of pastry bite has, has extended beyond its use, useful capacity. And he may very well be right. Um, if, uh, but that said, I, uh, I was at least able to get something uh, relatively tasty out of it. So, look, I, I just want to respond like said, to Tom. Um, yeah. Okay. Look, it's not the scientists' fault. They are not in charge of the AI learning that PastryBot has taken upon itself. All we did was put in the parameters to produce an algorithm. Now, this algorithm sure. has taken on learning tendencies, and what it's learned is just being what's being spat back at it. It's not the scientist's yep. fault. I think you don't blame the scientists for getting it wrong, that, that saying that the Earth is round, because we know it's all flat. I prefer to think of it as concave. Do I have any proof of this? Mm. No. But I don't blame the scientists for that. They just looked at the data. The data of is course. wrong. Now... Insane. We don't. We don't blame the scientists for telling us not telling us about things like bee venom, for example, <laughs> uh, and how it can cure uh, various diseases. You know, they didn't. They just hadn't tested it yet. Look, you know, it, hasn't gotten to it yet. And it would be fair to say I'm getting all my news these days from two, well, three sources. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Infowars, so par se. I get my opinions mm-hmm. from Newsmax. Greg Kelly is my yep. hero. I get my news from One American News, and when I just need to yep. to get a counterpoint to those two, I go to the Epoch Times. They're my three sources, and they they don't blame the scientists. They just say the scientists are wrong, and yep. our scientists weren't wrong. They just programmed the bot, and the bot made of the data what it would. You're right. Tony's right. You know, we report. You decide. You know, that's all we can do here at the Beer Engine Podcast. Um, the, you know, I would just point out like I, like I did in discord that, you know, our, our AI produced what, what you would call a Husky boy. Um, you know, he likes his sweet stouts. We were not nearly as damaging as, as someone like Mark, Mark Zuckerberg, Mark Zuckerberg, who, uh, spit out some, some Nazis after reading Facebook for a half hour or whatever. So, um, you know, if the guys like sugar, all we're going to end up is giving our robot gout or something, you know, and, and, uh, I think that's, you know, maybe you might call that cruel, but, uh, I, I think, um, I think it's only fair. Um, so that was what happened on discord. Like I said, gang, get in there. You guys could be having all this fun too. Um, 
all the fun that you're not having just listening to us read it back. So I guess I'm not really extolling the value of actually joining it very well at this point, but hey, whatever. Um, cool. So Tony, uh, I did want to make sure we talked about some beers we drank this week. Um, I already talked about John Denver. So Tony, why don't you give us a breakdown of something you uh, this week that, that the fans uh, might might like to learn about from your native land there? Well, I'm going to give... Um the people what they want, and I'm going to give the pastry bot more of what he wants. I'm going to give him mm-hmm. some pastry. So I went and um, picked myself up at my local supermarket a hummingbird beer from Deeds out okay. of their dessert series. Are you familiar with the hummingbird cake? You've mentioned it before, but why don't we remind everybody what it is? It's a pineapple, um, essentially like a really moist sponge cake. Really, really moist. Sounds good. The, the crushed pineapple really... It gives a slight tartness, but really it gives a lot of moisture that then sort of caramelizes, becomes very sticky. Feels feels like a pineapple upside down cake in kind of concept, if not exactly in execution. No, it's slightly different and, and it's slightly spicier. It's slightly more spiced. It's not okay. like when I say spiced, I do mean in the word spiced, not, not chili heat. Um, but yeah, like hum- cinnamon or something, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it does have some cinnamon. This beer was on point. Um, it had everything you wanted. It had a little bit of that that spice to it. It was the right mouthfeel. It wasn't too gloopy. This wasn't it. This wasn't sort of a gloop monster. This poured out of the can the way a beer should pour out of. It didn't come out in chunks. Okay. Um, really, really delicious beer. Unlike their vanilla slice beer that Deeds did in the same series, this wasn't released too early, or if it was, I didn't taste it too early. This had none of the artificialness that that particular beer had. And it it was a great, almost perfect beer. I gave it 4.75 on Untapped. Um, just could have brought a little bit more, could have brought more of that cream cheese frosting like a carrot cake frosting, maybe thicker body with some lactose, maybe would have pushed it over the line. Really, really delicious beer. Um, big fan of it. Um, interesting fact, though, hummingbird cake actually comes out of the United States. It's a southern oh. dish. It's not an Australian dish, but, yeah, it's popular here in Australia. See, I'm, I'm from the Midwest where we, we don't have any culture. The, the South has some culture. I mean, obviously, it uh, was got ill-gotten. Uh, culture, um, but the rest of the country really doesn't have any. And I guess the East has some some kind of absorbed culture from England, but who wants it? You know, keep it. Uh, no, no thanks. Now, once you tell us about your best beer for the week, um, we'll get. We'll also talk about what you're drinking right now. So, if you can, you can talk about those two. Well. I'm not going to surprise anyone. I drank some coconut stout, Tony, um, on, uh, on uh, last night, actually, in fact. Uh, cracked open one of my uh, bottles of very expensive Anchorage stout that I've been drinking um, occasionally, that I've been buying at least from Tavor. This one, I don't believe, this one did not cost $50. This was a mere $33, I believe. For a bottle of the sacrifice by Anchorage, um, it was it's an imperial stout with coconut. It was not a bourbon barrel aged uh, stout. It was a it did have some oak on it, but it was pretty 
pretty light. It was a like Missouri Oak fooders or whatever, you know, I think they just ferment it in these wood, big wood fooders to try to condition it, maybe mellow it a little bit. Um, it was, I mean, you can't beat it, man. I mean, they are just, they're destroying the stouts. It's so good. It's very sweet, obviously, but you get six ounces each of that with, with, um, a, you know, a friend or, or, or maybe your wife in the house here and you'll have no trouble taking it down. The coconut is so easy to, to drink to me. I just <laughs> love that flavor. And, um, it was all coconut all the way, nothing really else to even get in the way. I would obviously love some barrel on it, but I got Benthic to serve that up to me. No problem. This was just a straight coconut injection. Need a little booster. Um, and, uh, it served its purpose. So I uh, wish I had more, but honestly, I don't, wouldn't have paid $33 for another one. Having one was well worth it. Having two was probably overkill. So I think I'm, I pretty much nailed it right on the head, but you know, I'd say if you can get your hands on it somehow, um, and you're playing in the trade market or you get on Tavor and it pops back up, find yourself some of those Anchorage stouts. Cause they're, they're super. I, I highly recommend them. Now, would you recommend trading 16 of something for an Anchorage beer? I would not trade 16 double barrel VSODs for this. Well, I wasn't I going to that, it, that extreme. Yeah. <laughs> After, yeah. um, I would not trade Discord. 16. If I, I would trade 16 hams for one of them, sure. <laughs> well, no problem. There, there was some talk this this week in our Discord about VSOD. Apparently, it lives up to the hype, which is unsurprising, really, after the rep that you gave it last week. Yeah, right. Yeah. No, I drank some double barrel VSOD last night. It was probably the best beer I drank all week. But I mean, everybody, we've talked about that beer enough to to uh, fill a few more hours of of airtime. Um, it was delicious. It's a monster of a beer. It honestly does have a lot of the flavors of like any of these pastry stouts, but with none of the adjunct. I mean, it's vanilla. There is definitely a hint of coconut. If you look for it, there is it's double chocolate. I mean, all that stuff is in there, but purely malt and barrel derivative. I mean, it's, it's wild stuff and all, and even all that kind of ties it up with that leathery, um, tobacco bourbon, burn at the end um nice boy what a what a what a great 17 and a half percent too just fuck your shit up real good <laughs> holy um, shit so you're, so, uh, you're sharing an, that an easy drinking 17 and a half percent i'll say sure for what you would think i mean it's yeah. good yep um look I, i'll just briefly talk about what i'm drinking right now because i'm also drinking sure. something that is barrel aged i'm drinking a awesome. um sailor and anchor beer it's a Blood and Sand beer, which is um, named after the cocktail of the same name. It has um, basically barley and a few adjuncts, wheat, oats, treacle, cherries, and it's barrel-aged and it's got blood orange in it and it's aged in a portion of barrels. It's not big in the barrels. I I reckon maybe 10% of it was very um, quickly aged in barrels, but um, it's a outstanding beer for the price this is a beer that that doesn't run more than six dollars an individual can this is what you would pay for a good pale ale not not any sort of like hazy this is this is half the pride price of a deeds beer this is an outstanding beer for the price and i think i might have to go back and get myself another four pack yeah you know i've had back blended beers like that 
and uh i've always i've always enjoyed him i most of my favorites have been like back blended um uh double box so yep. there's a portion of the double box has a bourbon component bourbon barrel component um one in fact that's amazing is um the quad by boulevard that's a back blended fresh fresh and barrel aged quad so that you don't get just that pure burn from a barrel aging a belgian beer you get some enough fresh beer to give you the quad sweetness that you're gonna you're gonna expect from it um i i really like beers beers like that have fallen out of favor here uh people want flavored murder they want palate destruction and uh uh there's a lot of class out there in, in terms of blending that I think has been, has been lost to that. Yeah. This doesn't, um, this is what you're talking about. This is all about subtlety. And I think the wood actually rounds out the sourness. It actually often, you want sour up front, but you don't want your throat ripped out right at the end. And I think the, the whiskey barrel does a lot to sort of soften the attack of that sourness. It's still, a sour orange beer, yeah. but that that barrel yeah. plays really nicely against it. And I don't think we in Australia do enough barrel aging of sour beers. I think it's one of yeah. many styles that plays well in barrels. I think most styles play well in barrels, whether they be be repurposed barrels like whiskey barrels or bourbon barrels. But I also have great love for something that you talked about earlier, and that is fooders. I think fooders are a really important part of beer brewing these days and i think they bring a lot to the party and i go out searching for those beers because just in the way that they're brewed they they tend to be more more balanced on the whole than those that are just 100 percent stainless steel beers yeah there's a there's a uh, off color here just released their kind of annual stout which is not as not as pastry not as super bodied as um a lot of the stouts here, it does have marshmallows in it. So whatever, but it's like, it's not like, it, I don't know. It's not as like mega stout, like Benthic, for example. Um, but they aged a portion of it in port wine punchins. Like, damn, that actually oh. sounds good to me. I kind of, I want to get in Hell yeah. <laughs> real bad. So. Oh. Um, so I'm trying to hunt down my, uh, if my car would uh, make it to Chicago, I would just go pick it up, but uh, I kind of have to like do some, feeling out to figure out if there's a way I can get that beer. Um, so, uh, uh, Tony, I, I did want to talk a little bit, you know, we got the, by the time folks listen to this, it's going to be Christmas or really close to it. It's going to be the, like the 23rd, 24th, you know, those are the days that around Christmas happens. Um, it's going on some, you know, Santa's in the air, he's flying around, he's whatever. And we are uh, drinking out of his leathers. Yep, Santa's whipping his reindeer brutally uh, with a cat of nine tails. Conveniently, because there's nine reindeer, I think, or eight or some amount of reindeer. I actually don't remember. Nine? Um, is there, is there's Rudolph out there nine, by himself. Nine would nine would make sense to me, wouldn't it? I I don't I can't. I, I'm I'm Homer trying to name them. I'm saying Nixon and Johnson and uh, you know Trump, whatever. I don't Kennedy, Obama, Kennedy, the reindeer. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, oh, bungler, the reindeer. Um, <laughs> there's, uh, there's, there's Christmas beers. Tony is what I'm trying to get at. There's also beers for Christmas. There's, Ru- there's Rudolph for Christmas. There's Santa's for Christmas. There's elves. There's fucking little, uh, sugar 
plums and uh, ornaments and all that stuff. But we do Christmas beers. We have not really brought up Christmas beers a lot. We talked a ton in the fall about the pumpkin beers and the Oktoberfest and the seasonal beers. Um, there is a seasonal beer for Christmas, but it's different. And I don't know, um, you know, here it's that like kind of clove orange it, that you would think is like the spiced beers here, but here the seasonal, what seasonal beers here for Christmas are runs the gamut. It's a million different things. We don't have one that you make. We don't have something like a pumpkin beer in Oktoberfest that is standard. This is what you make during fall. You make one of these or both of these or whatever. You could make anything during the holidays and say it's a holiday beer. I don't think there's any rules to it. And I don't know if that's the case where you are, but there is everything here from that like perspective. We, we have IPAs, we have stouts, we have, we have um, spiced beers, we have brown ales, whatever, you know. See, over here, we don't have the stouts. We don't have the spice styles. When I think of Christmas beers, the thing that pops into my mind, and it's mainly just on a color point of view, it should be a stylistic difference, but often these ones don't bring enough malt for what they're doing. But red ales are often a Christmas beer in Australia, sure. just purely because the name goes with Christmas. It's red. It's red. And so that tends to be the go-to beer. Now, they're not the beers I choose to drink around Christmas, and they're not the special beers that I, I picked I pick for Christmas, but those are the few that are available in Australia. I actually think our craft brewing this year has reached a point where there hasn't really been enough slack in the chain to allow them to brew Christmas beers. They've really been flat out and selling off the shelves. And I think because of COVID, people are not spending as much time in pubs and uh, this is just anecdotally what I'm seeing locally. I don't know whether they've yeah. had the time. Is there something to... going on that's keeping people out of the bars? I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's ha- what's happening out there? You know. Well, we're back in the bars. That that has just recently oh, yeah. opened up for us. But yeah, we. we oh, yeah, had you a... guys eradicated it. We're we're in the bars too, but but uh, just in it depends on what state you're in. Uh, I was in fact for, for something we'll talk about next week. I was, um, looking up what the, what the situation is with, uh, just hoping it was like here. So I could get takeout at any place I want to go to as I, uh, traverse across the nation. And, uh, there are States with just, that are just doing whatever. So, uh, it is amazing to, to see, but yeah, you guys are back in the bars cause you eradicated the virus. Yeah. We're 47 days straight without a community transmission. And we've had seven in hotel quarantine. So that sort of shows you the difference between um, the mm-hmm. um, the scales. We're not losing a 9-11's worth of people every single day. Yeah. Whoops. Uh, Tony, so one thing. Um, so we do have here with Christmas beers, we have everything. So I did want to point out that one thing I thought was interesting was that when I was in Iceland last year, humble brag, um, they have there, and I don't know. I I would presume this is the case in actually most of the Nordic countries. I don't know about any other European country, but they have pretty much all of the big brewers there. Um, the what you would call macro brews for Iceland, but I, but like Tuborg too. You know the big um, Scandi brewer um, make a holiday beer, and it's sort of a spiced Belgian ish blonde no it's not blonde in color it's sort of a, a reddish bl- belgian 
ale, we'll call it, right? So it has yep. an estery spiced flavor. And uh, all they do is they put the Danish or Icelandic word for Yule in front of the name of the beer or behind it. So they have <laughs> Yola Ghoul or they have Yola uh, Boli or they have Yola Borg or whatever, you know, it's all, um, uh, it's all that. And anywhere you go in December, you will be able to find it. So you go to a little, um, you know, uh, uh, truck stop restaurant and you can drink a Yola Ghoul or you go to, um, uh, the hotel bar and they'll have the Yola, the two board, uh, Christmas beer. And, uh, it's all the same. One is some are better than others, but they are pretty much the same in style. And we don't yep. have anything like that here. The only beer that I associate, and this may be completely off with America and Christmas beers, is Sierra Nevada Celebration Ale. That is... Yep, that's my favorite Christmas beer. And it has nothing to do with Christmas. It, it, it fits with the time of year in that it is time to harvest hops is in like October, November. So it makes sense. But there is that is the greatest Christmas beer. Nothing says Christmas to me more than buying my 12-pack of Sierra Nevada Celebration and plopping it into my garage where it will stay cold because it's 25 degrees and I can just pull it out of the garage and pour it into my cup. And it is one of the best-tasting beers in the world. I mean, it's, it's, it's never one of the few beers that my palate has not changed in any way to other than to say, yep, this is good. I want more of this. I've never had any reaction to drinking that beer than damn, I want more of this. I don't know if they're tweaking the recipe to sort of stay up with the times or if I'm just, if they just made the greatest uh, fresh hop IPA of all time, but it is an absolute delight to drink that beer. It really is. And it's, it, it used to be a big beer and, and now it, it's not really, but it is, at least for an Australian Christmas, it is it is bigger than what it needs to be to go with a Christmas meal or to go with the things around Christmas. But it's it's perfect in the fact that it, it drinks so damn well and brings like just this this punch to it, but doesn't overpower anything you're having with it. It is Christmas in a glass for me, but without being stereotypically Christmas, there's no sort of um, five spice. Uh, fruit mince pie that I think is a really tacky version of Christmas, which is perhaps the closest thing to um, pumpkin spice. And I'm, I'm not a fan of fruit mince pies, so I hope Christmas doesn't become this homogenized mess. And if I need to wage war on Christmas, um, I will wage oh, war on I Christmas to it. stop this beer being produced. I do not want a fruit mince pie beer being produced. Um, it's interesting. I have had English beers that are Christmas beers, and they came out of Brewdog a few years ago. I think Santa's Paws was one, and I think it was a red ale, and there was nothing particularly Christmassy about it other than the name. So I, maybe it's just a Scandinavian tradition or a sort of Northern European tradition with these Yule very, beers. Very well might be. Yeah. Um, now we have beers of that ilk. So I'll say this real quick before we move on to the spice beers, but the other, the other nice fresh hop option that is a little bit harder to find in Chicago, but probably isn't in most of the Midwest is the Boulevard Nutcracker Ale, oh, which is a that. bigger, 
a higher alcohol alcohol version. Uh, it's more like it's like seven and a half or or almost eight somewhere in there. And um, but it's it's a all Chinook, I believe. So it's the fresh kilned hops, but all Chinook. So it has this. It it actually brings sort of a winter warmer. The Chinook brings like a yeah, spice quality to it. So it has this um, warm spice flavor to it. Really, just being pretty much a a a, a, a red malt IPA. <laughs> I mean, for all intents and purposes. I mean, but it is very very tasty. And um, they do the cute thing where under the caps, they have all the different people who work for Boulevard. They put their names under there for, for the holidays. So whatever. And I like Boulevard. I think Boulevard just makes very Boulevard is the Sierra Nevada of the Midwest to me. They just sort of pump out delicious beers left and right. And nobody really thanks them for it, but this is another one that they, they crank out. That's very good. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to talk about one spiced Christmas beer that I really like. And there's another one I really like, but I'm not going to say it because it plays a part in the show later. But, um, this beer is from Schlafly. We've talked about Schlafly with their pumpkin beer. It's my pumpkin. They make a Christmas. They make, yes. Well, where's your Christmas? Because here's this, because it's the essentially a Christmas version of the pumpkin beer. And I like it. It has, uh, it's an 8% winter ale, with orange peel, juniper berries, ginger root, cardamom, and cloves. And buying a six-pack of this is an absolute freak shit to do. But getting a couple bottles of it makes sense to me. I think it's nice with dessert at Christmas. If you're going to eat something like a, um, maybe you like gingerbread, maybe you like a, a ginger cake, which I used to enjoy. I like ginger cake or ginger ginger flavors on Christmas, um, whatever. But this beer is pretty tasty to me. Um, yeah, the, the Schlafly Christmas. And there are a number of Christmas beers that have those types of spices in it. I think that's what we would traditionally call like winter ale, winter warmer here is somewhere between the orange peel, juniper, ginger, cloves, cinnamon, cardamom, etc. That's sort of where we have a, a chunk of like these these winter brown ales in. Yeah, the, those are the spices that I would have thought that uh, America would do. Those are sort of the spices that I think about with malt wine <laughs> and things like that. Yeah. Um, and it sounds delicious. Um, I, I I must say, but I'm not sure whether it suits our summer climate. That's the only only thing for us. Is <laughs> you've got to remember we're in a, a southern hemisphere summer. Like today is going to be 27 degrees Celsius, so um, sure, which is so not like almost 90 degrees, probably yeah, 85 degrees. 85. Yeah. Um, we've just come off days of of 92, 93. Um, so having these sort of spices don't necessarily suit that climate. Do I want to have those beers in winter? Hell yes. Here's a guy who checked one in at the Flying Saucer on August 2nd, 2020. What are you doing? <laughs> Just chilling in August at the bar. First of all, August 2020, hanging out <laughs> at the bar and checking in. A Schlafly Christmas Ale. What is happening here? Uh, the world is a very strange place, Tony. I don't know what I don't know what people are doing. Here's a guy who has a picture of a Breckenridge Christmas Ale and checked into the Schlafly one. That's pretty funny. Um, 
Yeah, so uh, there are a number of these types of beers. That's what I would say is like what we would call Christmas beers. There's only one Chicago brewery that makes one. We'll go over that later. But pretty much holiday beers here in our area, I would say, are stout. And I think that probably has to do with Bourbon County stout. But that's what happens during the holidays. Right after Thanksgiving is Black Friday, of course. Then all the barrel-aged stouts drop. So I would think everyone pretty much associates the start of the Christmas season, the whole Christmas season, with waiting in line for Imperial Stout. That's what we thought about Christmas, Tony. It's waiting in line for your coconut stout and for your barrel-aged stout. And that's just what it is. But is that also a product of the season? Isn't Christmas the perfect time in Chicago to be drinking a big Christmas stout? I wouldn't expect to see this trend replicated over other parts of America. I wouldn't expect, maybe it is, to see this in Southern California or Florida. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, I'm wrong. Uh, Probably not in Southern California or Florida. You're right. I mean, those places are just releasing stout all year round, really. Um, Yeah, fair enough. But uh, because they don't care. But... Yeah, you're probably right in that it's more at least somewhat more temperate climates tend to have um tend to be dropping stouts out, you know, in the in the cold time of year. And that's really what our Christmas beers are here in the state here in the Midwest now. Um but uh, you know, I, I've already enjoyed a twelve pack of Sierra Nevada. Um I have not gotten any of these spicy Christmas beers, but uh, you know, next week I might be able to report on the uh the glue Creek. I don't know if I talked about the glue Creek last week, but I think we'll, uh, we're going to drink that. The, uh, dovetail made a, a mold spice Creek version of their Creek. They're, they're spon- spontaneous fermented, uh, spontaneously fermented, uh, cherry beer, of course. So, um, and they dumped a bunch of mold spice in it and they said you could heat it up on the stove. So my ass is heating it up on the stove. So I'm going to see. I think what, we have talked about out. that. Um, I'm yeah. really surprised that Kelly isn't all in on this because I know she is with, with pumpkin spice. Well, one particular pumpkin spice. That Okay, at least she had the self-control not to check it in at the brewery. But um, she's all over um, PSL. Yeah, it's, it's, har- it's hard to find the Christmas, um, the Schlafly Christmas here. The pumpkin's easy to find. People already know it and love it. But the Christmas is hard to dig up. Um, the, the local one, maybe I could, maybe I could hunt down uh, for for at least for the for Christmas Day. We could probably take down. They're higher alcohol too, so it's hard to drink them. Um, but we'll see. Maybe she's not as nuts about it as pumpkin. I'll say that. Um, cool. So, so Tony, uh, one quick thing I wanted to do: uh, the NBA season starting. We created our own. We we created a tradition this year. <laughs> I guess it's not annual. It would be annual if we hadn't, if they hadn't restarted the basketball season halfway through in the, in the bubble. We love the bubble, but um, I wanted to talk uh, some NBA futures bets real quick. Let's pick a couple favorites. Let's agree on a bet. NBA starting the 22nd. You guys are going to get this 23rd. I bet you'll be able to get the same odds or close after the first game. So we can, uh, we can dish out some big winners we had some success in the bubble. I don't know if we talked a ton about it, but we probably at least talked a little bit about how Phoenix went 8-0. It should have happened, but Portland screwed us in the end. We were right with Miami winning the East. That paid out. Um, that was a big. That was a winner. And even in the Eastern Conference Finals, we didn't even really have to sweat, I don't think, did we? No, or did we, we didn't. did we have to sweat a little with Boston? No, we didn't. Oh, okay, good. So uh, 
it was great. We enjoyed ourselves. We made a little money. Uh, Tony, I thought we could, we could come together on a couple of winners here uh, with win totals and then maybe an MVP pick or two. Uh, so Tony, why don't you real quick hammer out uh, your, uh, your favorites for, for win totals. Okay. Or at least give us one. <laughs> okay. The, the one that I think we can both agree on is the number that we're both getting from Minnesota, which I believe. Okay. Yeah. Um, 28 and a half. Right? I'm getting 29 and a half, but I would still take this oh. same bet at 28 and a half because I'm going under. The Timberwolves are a team that plays zero defense. It's not like you have to be a lockdown defensive team in the NBA, but you need to be able to play defense well enough to keep teams under 120 points in the modern era. I doubt the Timberwolves will have 50% of their games under 120 points. So when your best uh, when your best defensive talent doesn't play defense or make any effort at it. That could be an issue for you. So uh, which one's that? Is that... Towns could cer- <laughs> so you mean Towns it's not the could certainly be one of, I think Towns could be one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, he just doesn't want to. So. <laughs> isn't that like He's saying, huge? Yeah. He just stood in front of the rim. I mean, but isn't that like saying um, Ben Simmons could, could shoot up there with Steph Curry if he just wanted to. Like at this point, no, you have I, to I show disagree, it. You, know? you have to show it. I think shooting is, is shooting. Shooting is a lot more of a talent than de- effort on defense. I think effort will get you. Effort can get you seventy percent of the way. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to win Defensive Player of the Year. I think he could be the best defensive player on the Timberwolves. Well, that's not hard. I don't think that's a big <laughs> bar to reach. I don't know. <laughs> So who have you got as your first pick in the over-under? All right, so I agree with you on Minnesota. That'll be one of ours. We're, I'm going to try to get three here for um, for overs or for over-unders. So the one I really like is Dallas. Um, I agree. I like Dallas. I got 42.5 on Dallas. Obviously, we should remind everybody that they're playing 72.5 games. <laughs> they're going to play 72 and one half of games. Now, they're going to play 72 games, in fact, so um, Dallas would have to go 43 and 29, I think is what that means. Yes. Yep. Uh, I see that for Dallas. I think Dallas is going to be good. I think Luca will continue improving. Um, they have enough shooting on that team to squeeze out enough wins. Um, I think it sort of depends on how much they have to deal with from the rest of their conference. Um, is if Houston's much worse, I think they're going to be worse. If um, you know, if some of these other Minnesota, these other crap teams continue to be crap, I think they they should be able to rack up some victories. So yep. I like I like Dallas over forty two and a half. I would certainly let that move. I if if you give me forty three and a half, I'd probably still think about it for sure. Now this one may hurt because this is I'm talking about your home team now, the Chicago Bulls. Mm. I like the under, which is at twenty eight and a half. I think that's a reasonable number to set the line at, but I cannot see that lineup winning more than, than twenty five games in the NBA as it's designed. New coach or not, I don't think the talent's there. I think your coach is going to be better, but that sometimes doesn't pay dividends in the first twelve months, especially for a young side with no real leader. Um, Zach Levine is going to be a great third star 
or third option on a on a good team, and he's perhaps mm. your best talent. Um, Larry Markkinen took a step back last year. Um, I don't see a lot of other talent. I think Kobe White is overrated. Um, to win the eight and a half seems a, a, a bar too high for me, so I, that's why I'm taking Chicago at under 28 and a half. All right. I wouldn't take them over, but I'm not sure I would take them under um, just because I uh, think the East is so bad still. Um, but that said, if it depends. If Lowry... Uh, comes back to the trajectory he had after year two. I think they're going to be pretty good. Um, by pretty good, I mean they could win, you know, thirty games. Um, if I if he if he continues to sink or he gets hurt, you're right. I think it's pretty much. I've I've said this for a while now. If Lowry's good, this has this is a promising group. <laughs> if he's bad, well. Then they're they got a big gaping hole in their lineup. Um, so it, I, I think Wendell is talented. I think um, I think Levine is talented. I don't know if the, his destiny is really to be like a super super sixth man. I think um, and and leader of a of a second unit from a scoring standpoint. But well, we might never see him in that role. But. Uh, yeah, I, I think the one that you, I think you and I are on the same page with the third one. We, we're going to have to fight out which one we like more. The one I like, and it's because uh, I, I guess I saw when, when Giannis signed that new deal, I think they're going to get a boost. And uh, I like Milwaukee over. Yeah. The number's high. It's 49 and a half. I think that they are one of the few teams that feels like they have all their pieces intact. And I think they're get, that could allow them to just steamroll uh, people. So if they can stay focused, if they stay in their bubble, they stay off the COVID list, stay healthy. They are they have a good enough coach, a good enough offense, and a bunch of good enough players that they sh- you would think that if they kept their shit together, they would win. They would put fifty wins out of seventy two because I think they would win sixty out of eighty two. So fifty out of seventy two makes sense. Yeah, I, I like Milwaukee. Um, I do have one other one to throw at you as perhaps a dark horse, and that's Charlotte. Their schedule, or they're penciled in for 26 and a half. I think they can go over. Um, I just think the acquisition more of Gordon Haywood than rather than yeah. uh, Lamello. Um, I, I think... Lamello's played professional basketball, so he'll he'll be more consistent than mo- most rookies. But I think Gordon Haywood puts that team above twenty six and a half. Just he's going to stay healthy, but yeah, and I think he will. Um, Boy, <laughs> do I want to bet on Gordon Hayward? I don't like him. Uh, he seems like an awful person. <laughs> he does. Uh, we're really just betting in this case, it's us deciding if we like, um, if we like, uh, <laughs> you really might as well take both. If you're going to take the bulls under and Charlotte over, right? Yeah. But okay. for some reason, I don't know why I believe that, but it feels like if it feels like Charlotte would hit, would leapfrog the bulls in terms of having to be like the eight, eight, nine ish seed. Somebody's going to have to be, the A seed in the East. And I say them and it's like Orlando. 
yeah, the, the most Bulls boring team on earth, and Orlando, Charlotte. Okay. So, so I could definitely see Charlotte doing that, you know. So let's say we agree on Milwaukee. Let's say we agree on um, not Charlotte. Let's say we agree on Dallas. So they're our two locks. Um, so who do we want to have as that third team? I say – I think I like team, Minnesota. Yeah, I was going to say Minnesota. I say they are our three yeah. teams. All right. So, so Dallas over, Minnesota under. Milwaukee over. That's your stone cold locks to lose. Um, so I will be placing a $5,000 bet on that. Uh, and one other bet I wanted to throw out MVP. Tony, who you got for the MVP? You got a favorite there? I'm looking for a bit of value in the MVP race because there's so many um, regular um, Joes that are, that are going to be favorites. Your Lucas. Um, your LeBrons even are going to be favourites. I don't want to take somebody crazy like Trey Young who's going to be on a team that won't win enough games to be in the conversation for MVP. So they've got to be a perennial playoff team. I like it to be a guards award. That tends to be the way it goes unless you're a, a really, really exceptional wing, a LeBron, a KD. But right. more, yeah. more times than not, it goes to a guard. So for that reason, I've chosen somebody who I think is also going to play well with the highlight viewers, you know, those journalists that watch the five-minute highlights rather than watch games, and that's Damian Lillard. I think he'll appeal to those voters and his basketball um, acumen and skills that he brings and everything that he brings to that team will be enough for your regular voters to put him in the the high, high tier of votes. All right. Uh, my long shot for that that I liked was uh, Kawhi Leonard plus 2,500. This could be the year of Kawhi, a perfect year for him. He does not have to play 82 games because they can't. He only has to play 72 games. <laughs> He's so still going to load manage. If he played 64 of 72 games, he could he could do enough to win the MVP, I think. But... um Plus 2,500, I mean, what do you have to lose, right? Throw a 10 spot at it. Why not, right? That's what I'm going to do. Um, all right, Tony, that's the uh, – those are the we'll, – we'll post those on our Discord if you uh, need record of those um, to prove that I bet as much money as I said I would. Uh, I will post it on Discord. So if you want to – if you want me to prove how wealthy and um, uh, opulent – and uh, risky, I am a, a true, a true gambler by every sense of the word. Uh, you can peek at our Discord there too. All right, Tony, it's that time. It is the time of the show that everybody loves. It is the time for some games that Griff wrote. Um, Tony, I have put, uh, I have, I have input all of our uh, shows over the last couple of weeks and run them through my own machine learning process. And essentially what I found out was that we were getting in a holiday mood, but we were also getting weirdly horny. (laughs) And I said, why are we so horny? That's weird. But why don't we just continue that? Because that's kind of cool, actually, to be horny. Um, And uh, what I've come up with is a this or that game that will uh, both uh, sort of uh, 
scratch the itch that we were feeling from our Hallmark game, you know, getting in the holiday spirit, uh, enjoying the comfort of family and, and the overall joy of the world, but also an obsession with Santa's privates that we have started to uh, take in over, over the last uh, couple of weeks here. So this, this or that game uh, begs the question, is this uh, title a Christmas beer or is it a Christmas themed porno? <laughs> I feel like you've done a lot of research for this. A lot. I did have cognito, uh, uh, Google Chrome on full uh, effort today. Um, do not type Christmas porno into Google. That's just my advice. And then click, don't do that. And then click images would also not be something <laughs> I would do. Uh, Cause you will see Santa's hole. In fact, is something that you, you got to realize. I actually did not realize that Google had like lifted filters or something. I don't know what happened, but I, but like full hole like <laughs> no. it was all there so <laughs> type in christmas porno and you will get just google image results but with just full-on hardcore shit it's not good <laughs> don't do that um or do it i don't know whatever you want i won't be doing that so i can guarantee you that much all right yeah type it into a better search engine anyways you'll at least get something that you can't you can't beat off to google images um we could not what i would do if you've got a shitty connection sure i remember the days of 56k yeah. if, you're four, if you're 14 if you're 14 and the video is the buffering you know thing that's the tease but all right tony so we got five of each I, we, we can talk about the beers. Um, I have untapped up if you want to talk about the beers when we get there. But uh, all you have to do is tell me if this is a porno or a beer. Okay. I feel like, the first one. I feel like I've done a lot of research, kind of like with the roller coaster game, but I feel... And you like already I, said, and you already said you hadn't drank any Christmas beers. So, <laughs> well, I I'm not saying I Pretty did good. research on the beers. I did like the roller coaster <laughs> game. I did researches oh, I know. On, on roller coasters. So, um, but I don't feel I'm going to nail this game because I feel there's a very thin line between the two, and I could get. Are you a wrong. themed? Are you a themed? Are you a themed porno person? I don't. That's not doing it for me. I don't. No, I'm a very. <laughs> I'm, generic. Not even generic. I like more the amateur, in inverted commas, um, stuff. I don't like the... the gonzo s- stuff. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm more the gonzo sort of stuff rather than the, the over-the-top sure. theatric. And so, therefore, you can basically rule out any sort of theme because I don't think that happens in, in life. You don't so think that, two, little, two little nude elves are kind of trotting out at the... Make it, I would say, make it like um, both. So it's like the, uh, you know, uh, a deadbeat mall Santa uh, with, uh, you know, fills up a lonely teenage elf or whatever. <laughs> this got very in front dark. of in front of in front of Spencer's gifts <laughs> uh, or inside inside of an Arby's, for example. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. First one, Tony. Uh, this one is called Not So Silent Night. Not So Silent Night. Okay. So this does have sort of 
overtones of this could be a uh, vocal porn, but it's not like, does that sell me on the, the back in the days of when we had DVD box covers or VHS box covers? Is Does that, can I imagine like some boobs and some legs up with that title? Not really. I think that's a beer. I'm going to say that is first cap off the rank. I think that's a beer. Uh, Tony, you are correct. This is a beer. Uh, this is from Seven Sirens Brewing Company. Um, it is getting a 3.44. Oof. It is a hazy IPA with Southern Cross hops conditioned on banana, passion fruit, and hints of strawberry giving a tart punch on the palate. This sounds really awful. It does. Um, and Southern Cross is an old school British hop, I think, if I remember correctly. Really old school yeah, I don't hop. know what it is like a hop. This is the hops that they had at, at the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to look at their Facebook because I saw something on one of the top check-ins that really made me want to check what they have going on with their. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling like this is a COVID denier place. Um, I think it is, I'm trying to find the proof, but, oh yeah, there's a bunch of, yeah, this is not. (laughs) Okay. So our, so our phones have been ringing off the hook the past few days. Other business owners, supporters, haters, people pretending to be the police. We are staying open. Uh, so they're, they're staying open. They're talking about washing your hands. We know that's the most important thing, right? I mean, uh, they were on, uh, uh, the virus is on the verge of tearing society apart as a whole. Oh man. Uh, so, so these guys are staying open and, uh, their beer is getting well rated 3.44 with their 5.3% Southern cross banana, passion fruit, strawberry, IPA. So there you go. Sorry, we, we we spent too long on that, but you got that one right, Tony. That's one for you. Um, there you go. Delish. Don't drink that. All right, number two, Tony. Number two, OMG, Santa's coming. That is a porno. I can see that on a box cover. I can, I can, I can just. Absolutely say it. That is, if it isn't a porno, it should be a porno. That, to me, I don't even have to do any deep thinking. I don't have to second guess it. This is a porno. Uh, Bad news, Tony. This is a beer. (laughs) Um, This is a beer, and it's actually based on a children's movie. Uh, Santa's coming. I know him. I know him. It's obviously an elf ripoff there. And you'll know the familiar notes of American hops, but when combined with the four different malts, this beer produces a nice citrus hit, but combined with the notes of chocolate for that ultimate festive feeling. So sort of unintelligible beer description. Another 3.44 from 3D Beer. A uh, brewery in um, Hewish, Somerset, England. So, uh, 
tough break for them. Uh, that that one is a beer, so you're one for two. Now, did you cross-reference these? Because, because they could be a beer and a porno. Did you put them through the cross-reference? Um, <laughs> I'm not man. proud of that, which means that I did type some of the beer names in and did get 500 results for a very specific porno, uh, which you got to <laughs> love that. Uh, don't don't do this. Don't do this job, guys. It's not <laughs> worth it. All right, here's here's another one. I, I feel good about this one. Um, third one. Yeah, we. Yeah, let's do this one. Um, <laughs> this one's called a very creamy Christmas. See, <laughs> a very very creamy Christmas. Now, this could be an oat cream, or it could be a cream pie special. Um, oh, Yep, or both, maybe. <laughs> that would Probably be unfair if it's both. That is, right, that is truly unfair. Um, really so, does feel like it could be both, though, doesn't it? It does, but I think cream ales, are, <laughs> uh, well, oat creams. I don't think this is a cream ale. It, it could be a cream ale, but this has to make more cream. Mm. Uh, oat cream sort of vibes. I'm going to say it's too new a style for some reason for this name not to have been used. I'm going to say, I'm going to try my luck again. Let's go porno. Tony, you're right. This is a porno. Uh, I'm not looking up what the porno was about. You can take a guess. Um, it's a porno. So we can all, we can all, we, I think we all know what happens at the end, especially <laughs> in this one. I very well described, in fact, I think what happens at the end. So. You're two for three. Uh, here's your next one. Uh, oh, yeah. This is a good one. Your next one uh, of the beer and porno game. This one's called Santa's Fat Sack. Santa's Fat Sack. Santa's Oof. Fat Sack. See, I don't think there are a lot of funny (laughs) i can't believe we were able to have a game where it's even a question that's why the beer world is so amazing to me because there's not a lot of porn around sex that's what i was going to say there's not like i'm not going to say there's no sack fetishes but there's a lot of santas around sex he's always got his sack he does but when i think about (laughs) sack and porn it goes to saggy ball sack and that's a very specific fetish, and to mix that with Christmas, I think that's that's one step too far. That's the way I'm looking at this porno, that it's about his uh-huh. ball sack rather than down. his Christmas yeah. sack. So I'm going to say this is a beer. Uh, yes, this is a beer, Tony. You're right. Uh, you're right. This is a beer. Um, let me look up the... Sorry, all my pens have died. That's no good. Uh, Let's look up this beer so that you know. I'm surprised this didn't make last week's game, honestly. Tony, this is actually a beer from your homeland. Um, This is from Brisbane Brewing Company. Never heard of them. Well, actually, I'm assuming that there's no Brisbane in the U.S., which probably isn't fair. Uh, Yep, West End, Queensland, Australia. Um. It's Christmas time again, and Santa's sack is brimming with goodness for all the boys and girls. Uh, <laughs> spiced with a cornucopia of Christmassy botanicals and re-fermented with a swag of dried fruits and fresh cherries. This is actually in more of the style of an American Christmas beer, really. 
Um, this one's getting a 3.96, so actually one of the higher rated um, Christmas beers we've had so far. Yeah. Um, all right. So there you go. That's what's that? You're three for four. If I can get my pens working again, they, they look like they're um, doing some interesting stuff. They're doing a beer to guard. Um, they're doing strong ale, which is a weird style. Um, but the one that that shocks me that the Brisbane Brewing Company are doing is a. Um, I don't even how to know how to pronounce this, but I'm familiar with the beer. Um, it's Grozitsk. I think it's how it's pronounced. It's oh, a, a Grozitsky, a, a smoked uh, traditional smoked beer. I don't think it's a. Um, I don't think it's a smoked beer, but it is a Polish um, clear um, beer. Oh yeah, yep, 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 yep. Yes, I think it it's is a smoke smoked lager. If yeah, I'm you're right. You are say, correct. Yeah. Smoky and very light, very delicious, and a repeatable beer. That was one of the check-ins from Untapped. So there you go. All right. You're three for four, Tony. Here's number five. This one's going to be familiar. This one's called Here Comes Santa Claus. And you said... Here Comes Santa Claus. That there's not... Um, it's not a... It's not both. Uh, so that rules out both. Because I would have said both for this one. This one screams it of both. It is not both. How's the come spell? There may have been... Well... Okay. Yeah, it is not both. I'll, I will clarify that it is not both. Okay. What's the spelling on that last word? Oh, not not on the last oh. word. C L A. I will not be giving that spelling out. That I think that will be a problem in uh, general if I give you the spelling of those. I think it's C U M. Definitely will tell you one way or the other. I think this is C U M. So this is a porno. Yeah, it's porno. That's right. Um, there were a lot of really funny ones that I found. You're four for five. Um, and I uh, I think they were too obvious, but there were, um, you know, Santa Claus's. It's not one was like Santa Claus is coming all over town. Um, that was a good one. Uh, so there are a lot of Santa Claus is, is coming. Um, so good for him. Sweet. Uh, all right. So here's here's one that I think you're gonna like. Frosty the snow ho. Frosty the snow ho is a porno. I I could understand. Yeah, that how, one was hard. I, yeah, you I weren't just, trying. Uh, it was a porno. Yeah, so I didn't even try for that one. I just thought it was funny. Frosty the snow ho is a uh, is definitely a porno. I just thought it was a funny name. Um, I don't I don't really think it even is trying to be. Christmassy, it just snuck. They just stuffed the word "ho" in it. I don't know what Frosty the Snow Ho <laughs> was was achieving, but um, <laughs> pretty good though. Um, so there you go. That was an easy one. Okay, sorry. Here, here's here's a better one. This is number seven. Uh, you're five for six. You're you're getting better at these games. You're understanding my reasoning, and also you know the names of pornos. <laughs> This one is called Fistmas. <laughs> this, this screams porno, <laughs> but I'm going to say that this is a fistful of hops thrown into a beer. This is a beer. Come on, Fistmas. <laughs> You're not getting okay, the upper beer. Okay, it's a beer. beer. <laughs> Fine, it's a beer. I don't... 
<laughs> Fistmas is a beer. You're right. Um, <laughs> yeah, this could be a porno. Give me a break. Um, this is actually the uh, local local edition of a Christmas beer that's available here. It's made by Revolution, which has a fist as their logo. Um, their holiday red ale is steeped with ginger root and orange peel, uh, resulting in a beer with aromas of fresh baked bread, caramel, and stone fruits, um, brewed with specialty malts to achieve a beautiful deep red hue. It's a very tasty beer, but it's a funny name. So Fistmas is, is indeed a beer. That's six for Tony. Next one for him. It's called Stocking Stuffers. Stocking Stuffers. Uh, Stocking Stuffers. Mm. <laughs> Nothing distinctively uh, crude about that, which gives me vibes that this is a porno with a deceptively light name. So I'm going to go the opposite side of sort the coin. Sort of a family porno. Yeah. Well, no, that's a whole different genre. <laughs> Uh, but i'm going to say that this is your hallmark christmas porno this is a christmas porno hallmark style Jeez, yeah he's right it's a christmas porno stocking stuffers um it did not have whatever uh what is that what is that lady's name uh lacey chabert in it or anything (laughs) Yes, who who we have to yeah. we have to stress again is not a trumper. <laughs> right, At least that I, we know about. She that, may be in a private life, know, but made that up. <laughs> yep. Uh, seven for eight for Tony. Here's your next one. This one is called Santa's Woody. Uh, this Santa's Woody. This is not a wood age beer, but I think it is a beer. I think this is. And I can see the can art, you know, like the woody panel vans. This is like Santa done up as a cartoon character with a woody panel van, surfboard on the top. He's about to to jump in the surf. He's got his big board shorts on. Um, This is a beer. You're not, you weren't that far off, actually. It is, it is a picture of a wood paneled wagon actually on the, bottle it's carrying a christmas tree though oh close this is a barley wine um this is from laurelwood brewing company santa's woody has become a favorite tradition at laurelwood brewing company i mean already starting to feel like a porno (laughs) but uh it's a thorough process to create this very special very limited beer um, so it's a bourbon barrel aged barley wine with a very, very long description. Um, but sounds nice. I don't lo- it says it's an American barley wine. Not my type. I don't know if that's true or not. It's Asian bourbon barrel. So it probably isn't as hoppy <laughs> as what you would think an American barley wine would taste like, but whatever. Yep. All right. Last one, Tony, you're, you're on a run here. This is the last one. This one is called emptying Santa's sack. Emptying Santa's sack. See, this is where my logic gets really messed up because I said there was no pawns about sacks. But now I think 
brain sacks is the one piece of verbiage that I think actually works. So, do people say draining your sack? Do they? Is that really something that happens in porn? I, I know. Well, I just said it. So, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I I don't think I've ever. I hope no porn producers are listening to us because they might get some ideas. But let's um let's throw this into incognito mode. You're gonna look up and see if anyone said draining your sack. Is there like a database like IMDb for porn? You know, there's not. Uh, at least I was having a hard time finding one. So um, that was one of the. <laughs> that was one of the issues maybe with this was I was actually struggling. I had to, I had to go through a handful of sources to make sure I wasn't getting people's funny names for a porno that was Christmas themed and actually getting real legit, you know, triple, triple a budget pornos as it were. I'm going to say that this is a porno. I don't know why. But- You're right, Tony. It's a porno. You went nine for 10 in the porno beer game. That said, I do would I would like to at least say that you had to think for a second. There are a lot of gross porno type beer names out there. So there my advice to brewers would be don't do that. I don't think you have to name your beer in a weird gross porno way. Uh, you could just name it anything else in the world. You don't have to name it after saying as Woody or Sack or emptying his sack or draining his sack or shooting his wad off or creaming his pants or any of that stuff. You don't have to do it. The only one I would give a pass to is Santa's Woody. I think that that's a polite double entendre, um, and especially when they theme it around the station wagon, I give that a pass. So that's the one where I give it a pass. Okay, that's fine. Do we, do we have to do – well, I guess – see, some of these – okay, so the ones I skipped uh, – here's one I skipped was just Black Santa. I thought that would have been a funny one for me. <laughs> that would have been a harder one for you to tell, but I uh, – it wasn't it wasn't as gross and funny, so it's good. Tony Tony's nailing these games. I'm gonna have to start trying harder to actually fool him on any of this stuff. But that was the porno game for this week. <laughs> Let's maybe I should start dialing back the gross level on these games. But I'm at least we're gonna wait till after ones. the holidays. Yeah. Um, all right, Tony. Well, I think we've uh, uh, again fulfilled our uh, required by um, our sentence quota for the show. Uh, we can report back to the parole officer and the judge and let them know that we have completed yet another week of our required community service content. Uh, what do you think? I, I think we've absolutely done that. I think it's time for us to get out of here, remind people where they can find us, which, of course, is on our Discord. Just hit us up uh, via email. Yeah, hit us up on the Discord. Um, and our email, of course, is? Yep, beerengineshow at gmail.com. Hit our Instagram up. Uh, we are at Beer Engine Pod, Twitter at Beer Engine Pod. Uh, you can also hit us up on uh, the Untapped. Uh, I just uh, next week. I can't wait to do this, Tony. We are going to talk about my year in beer on Untapped, <laughs> which got dropped into my email box today. Always funny to look at. Always, always embarrassing. So we will go over Griff's year in beer on uh, on uh, next week. And uh, you guys can get the breakdown of that. But in the meantime, you can follow along. I'm Griff AD. Tony is St. Maz. Uh, hey, if you want to get a Discord, feel free to ping us there, too. I don't know who on earth is using inst- uh, the untapped messaging service. Is that a thing? God, boy, golly, you you could. 
if you would like to find me there. I don't know how I would receive it, but no, maybe there's a way I can click around and get my untapped messages. I don't know, but um, we'll figure it out. And get in the Discord. Uh, come chill with us. Um, we will be doing something around Christmas, but uh, I don't have specifics on that yet. So um, just stay tuned. Once you get in here, you'll find out. And we do some little pop-ups sometimes. I'll pop in for a, for a happy hour. I'll be drinking a beer after work, and you can just come chit-chat with us. It's all good. Um, Tony, any anything else to send uh, our listeners off with? Well, this blood and sand cocktail that I had from Sailor's Grave... Uh, not on untapped. So I think she's a fairly new beer out. I think she's fairly fresh from the candy line. Just an interesting Tony, fact. you have to cre- you have to create it. No way am I to doing create that. It on nope. Somebody else can do that. I just enter beers. Right. I, the, the, Too much work. The longest review I have done on untapped, I think, is gloop, 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 and then tagged you in it. Yeah. Hey, that's another reason to join our Discord, right? Is I'm just typing gloop in and posting pictures of gloop. You, you sure that. are. That is some thick boy action. <laughs> the pinnacle of posting. All right, gang. We will talk to you next week. Have a great holiday. We'll see you. Ten, nine. Whoops. <laughs> Wrong button. <laughs> <laughs>